Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Declare the scripture, Zechariah 2.5, over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor James White from Eden Christian Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you very much for being here today, Pastor White, to discuss today's topic church partnerships. This is a very challenging topic for many pastors, but Pastor White, you seem to be very comfortable in discussing this. Well, hi, Marina. Thank Am I right? <laughs> yes, you are. You are. You are right. Uh, thank you, Marina, for, um, for allowing me the opportunity to be able to speak, and I'm, I'm uh, definitely excited and delighted to be on your program and to speak with you on the topic of church partnership and of course to be able to speak with your least your listeners also amen thank you amen. amen how long have you been pastoring your church wow not that long actually um about three years now about three years i've been pastoring eden christian center i'm um, i'm a pioneer pastor which means that um i didn't i didn't assume the role of pastor uh, for a church that was already established and you know, it was already up and running. Um, pioneering means that um, you actually you're the founder of the church. Um, you know, you're, you're building it from the from the grassroots up. So um, that work has started in twenty well August of 2016, and so right now next month will be our third year of actually being an official church, Eden Christian Center. So definitely proud of, and I love what God is doing with our church. Amen. Now, you said you're building it from the ground up. Are you um, getting any help doing this, or is this something that you've been mentored from? Well, uh, as, as far as getting help, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you meaning, like, am I partnered with, with another organization that's that's helping in yes. another way? Yes, like another organization, or maybe even a pastor that you know. Well, actually, um, Eden Christian Center, we started um, as first as a Bible study. And so, um, you know, I, I conducted a Bible study every Tuesday night, um, about two years. And then, of course, once I announced it, uh, people started coming to the Bible study. And then after a while, um, that's, that's when the Lord made it clear that he wanted me to pastor. And so, of course, once I spoke with those that I was teaching um, every week on Tuesday, and that's when we all came together, formed, formed Eden, and, and got it up and running. So as far as a formal, <coughs> excuse me, as far as a formal um, uh, connection with, with, a, with another church, as, as, you know, say providing funds or anything like that, I, I don't have that at all. This is truly um, a God-called and a God-raised church. And so um, I'm dealing with, with, um, with regular, everyday believers that are anointed on fire for God, have a love for God and, and that plus the vision that God has given our church. Um, that's we're all driving towards the vision. Amen. Pastor way, what were you doing prior to ministry? Wow. 
Well, um, prior to ministry, um, in the secular aspect of that question, um, you know, I, I, I spent a little bit over 20 years in the United States Army and um, got opportunity to be able to lead a lot of great men and women and, um, and, and be a part of a lot of the things that our country was doing to, um, to, um, to do great things in the world. So I did that. And then, of course, um, in, the, in the spirit or the ministerial aspect of that question, um, of course, I was associate minister and I served different pastors as I, as I went to different, different you know, uh, either stations or assignments, as we call them in the Army, um, in various places. So um, as the Lord moved me from one place to the next place, I went and, uh, of course, I connected with a body of believers and served a pastor and um, and came up in ministry that way. So you actually, God was preparing you. He gave you that training ground. Amen. I would agree with that. He sure did. Yeah. He, um, you know, um, prior to becoming a pastor as an associate minister, I mean, I've done seemed like a million weddings, um, baptisms, communions, um, you know, uh, counseling even with, uh, with with couples before weddings, counseling with couples that were having some problems um, in, in their own relationship, counseling with individuals um, in their walk with the Lord. So, um, so yes, I, I agree, Marina. Um, he was definitely preparing me. Sure yes. was. Amen. And now I know, like I told you before, like I mentioned earlier, that church partnerships, that discussion or that topic just seems to be very uncomfortable with a lot of pastors that I even talk to. And, but with you, when we first talked about it, you were just really excited to talk about it. So how does church part, how does your church partner with other churches? Well, um, you know, thank you for that question. You know, I am excited about church partnership. Um, we currently partner with churches where um, right now I know the pastor. I, 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 know, I know the pastor's spirit, their love, and their vision. I, I, I get a chance to actually uh, tune in to the believer. You know, um, um, the Bible says, know them that labor among you. So um, I, I definitely like to be able to connect with the heart and the spirit of, of a pastor. And then, of course, then that's what opens up or creates the segue for us to pastor um, or to actually be able to partner. Um, so right now it's usually just one church, you know, depending on the event, but um, eventually I'd like to ultimately be able to do a community outreach that include like a Christian concert in, in a park and be able to invite other churches in the area to partner with us and to, you know, to be able to help ensure that that type of, that type of larger scale type of outreach is, is really a success. I really want to be able to pull that off and, uh, cause people that may not uh, see Christ or be connected to any um, believers in their own in their own world. Um, if we connect with other churches in a in a in a way where people do come together to connect, like saying in a public park, um, we're able to uh, come together in partnership and um, you know bring some people that people want to actually connect and be able to hear from. Then we can do something that actually um, win people to Christ and enlarge His kingdom. What does the Bible say about church partnerships? Wow, that's what doesn't the Bible say about partnership? Um, well, for one, see, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Um, the Bible also says in Amos 3 and 3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Um, if you look at Jesus and how he uh, taught the disciples, uh, which later on became apostles, um, 
He never sent any of them out um, separately. He's, he sent them out in, in pairs so that they could be there and be a help to each other. And of course, they can you know, keep keep the vision and the uh, mission focus that uh, that Christ gave to all of us um, alive and well. And of course, um, we, we could be able to do great things together. Just, just like again, like Ecclesiastes four and nine says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. So the Bible talks big time about partnerships. The Bible wants everybody to come together. Um, you know, you can see a, a good blueprint or a model for that um, in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. And um, the irony in that, of course, is that in the Garden of Eden, which of course happens to also be the name of my church, um, you know, uh, God, he created the man, but, you know, he, the man's not good by himself. He had to have a partner. And so he, he brought Eve on the scene. And guess what? The, when the two of them got together, look look at what great things happened. We populated the entire planet. Um, we've done a lot of great things through that partnership. So partnership is a good thing. It, it causes, um, it, it's a combination, a culmination of resources, both in the natural and also in the spirit. It's something that the Lord smiles on. So then he, he blesses the partnership as a result because, you know, again, two are better than one. And so um, partnership is a great thing. Uh, God definitely loves it. And we see it all throughout the Bible in the Garden of Eden. We see it with the apostles. We see it everywhere. How did you get that one church to partner with you? I know you said knowing that pastor really helped. Was he, was he um, let's say, reluctant when you asked him to partner with you? Or did he um, openly, like, was he comfortable with it? Well, you know, the Bible says, uh, write the vision and make it plain. So when you have a vision for something and you know that you don't have all the resources yourself in order to be able to pull it off in a way that will honor God and also bless God's people, then, of course, um, you know, partnership is, you know, is, is the next thought after that. And so um, once you know people and you kind of have an idea about um, uh, what they're called to, what their gifts and their abilities are. Again, that goes right back to the, um, to the scripture we talked about earlier. Um, you know, know them that labor among you. Um, then of course it, it calls, it brings all that into alignment, into agreement ultimately, where we can say, Hey man, listen, you know, or Hey, Hey woman of God, listen, we're, um, you know, this is, um, this is in my spirit. Um, you know, as I prayed about it, you know, the Lord, the Lord brought you to mind. He put you in my heart regarding this. Or, you know, I'd like to be able to talk with you about this and, and see where we can come together so that we can do something to honor God and bless God's people. And so, um, it, it, you know, it, it basically just starts with communication. And so, um, and I tell people all the time that communication only works when you use it. So um, it's really important if you're going to, excuse me, if you're going to have a partnership that's going to, um, again, glorify God and bless his people. Communication is the very first step. You've got to be able to communicate. You've got to want to communicate Communicate also. So you know the person, communicate with them, and have a relationship, right, with them, like a working relationship with them? Sure, sure. What are some, let's say, possible problems from doing church partnerships? And what are some ways that, uh, let's say, you confront them? Well, you know, um, I guess two potential problems when it comes to partnership is um, maintaining the vision that, that, you know, of course, that, that both parties or, or, you know, 
whoever the parties are have agreed to maintaining that vision and again clear communication you know because it's important for everyone to just to stay committed to the goal how is nothing more than a descriptor of how you serve and so um but if we get caught up in our title and we use the title as a way to uh boast or to make ourselves bigger you know then um then it's going to cause people to um look at you know look at themselves as greater than somebody else and then of course you know that that can cause a lot of um schisms and then people don't you know they they don't work well together with that you know um you know, the bible says that you know um don't exalt yourself don't do that so um i think part of the reason that a lot of churches and, and again i don't believe that this is just in arizona i think this is just this is globally um a lot of churches probably don't come together for various reasons but i think that one of the reasons can be or should be um that you know uh a, a lot of people uh, a lot of churches have a high um opinion of themselves and they have a lower opinion of somebody else and so they kind of keeps partnerships from happening because it's a big i little you thing and so that'll keep individuals from working together and then of course ultimately it'll it'll keep um partnerships from happening on a larger um you know on a larger scale where uh, organizations and churches can come together to to achieve something great so it's a it's a negative mindset that's also yes. preventing um preventing them from partnering with other churches I think that could definitely be one of them. And possibly a heart issue? Uh, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. That's, that's where the big eye comes from, out of the heart. It's a, it's a pride thing. What is the first step pastors need to do to partner with other churches? Like, if they just want to start, like, a new church, um, like, they just build a new church, and so... They are starting the new church and they want to partner with others. Do they go and seek and try to meet other churches and meet the church, meet the pastor there like you, you did, you know, you, you went to know the pastor of the church and you started communicating with him. And then from there. Well, I, you know, I, I believe that everything starts with prayer. And so um, the Bible tells us very clearly that the Lord will he'll, he'll order your steps. So uh, my first thing is to ask God for a heart to partner with other churches first uh, so that we can actually, you know, to be able to see his kingdom enlarged instead of seeing an individual church's kingdom enlarged. That's the first thing, pray about it. And then, of course, once the partner has a heart for kingdom increase, the kingdom, not just to see the, uh, the church prosper, you've got to see... Uh, like I tell my folks all the time that, you know, um, our church is a conduit for God to be able to work through to be able to expand his own kingdom on earth. So uh, once the pastor has a heart for kingdom increase, not just for the increase of the church, that'll happen, um, you know, through osmosis. That, that'll, that'll happen all by itself. But once the pastor has a heart for kingdom increase, then what will happen, the pastor will quickly discover that the kingdom increase requires kingdom resources which of course means um, partnership with other churches to be able to achieve the goal of kingdom increase. Because not any one church has everything it needs in order to be able to do what God has called the church to do. So it, it requires, just because of the calling, it requires that we all work together, that we all come alongside each other 
Um, in fact, um, if you look at the Greek word for Holy Spirit, paraclete, um, paraclete means to come alongside. That's what the Holy Spirit does with us. He comes alongside. And then, of course, he's the super on our natural. He comes right alongside. And then, and the, and the reason why we're able to do anything that will honor God or glorify him is because of the, the coming alongside of the Holy Spirit to be able to enable us to be able to do things that's going to value, value the Lord. Uh, and then, of course, be able to expand his kingdom on earth. Now, what would you say to pastors who have had a negative experience partnering with other churches and they don't want to partner anymore because of that negative experience? Like they're, you're saying they're like disappointed then? Right. They, they, they partnered with them with an event and then it, it just ended up in a huge disappointment because... Um, I don't know, for whatever reasons. And so from then on, it just gave them a negative outlook or perspective on church partnerships. What would you say to that person or the uh, pastor? I would tell that pastor, you know, uh, listen, um, and for all the pastors that are are listening right now, um, you know, I would just tell you, hey, listen, pastor, I I understand. And um, there's no way that you can walk this walk with the Lord without having been hurt in some point, you know, so, but, but, you know, when the goal, when the goal is to glorify God and the goal of glorifying God is going to work out to do something good for his people, I will always um, exhort and encourage and whatever I can do to encourage a pastor, um, I, I would always say this, three words, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know something, you might have dealt with something with another pastor or with another ministry that hurt you, broke your heart, disappointed you or discouraged you. I would always tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. Um, Ask God to increase your wisdom. Increase your wisdom. You don't have it all that you need right now. I'd ask God to increase my wisdom, um, increase my discernment so that, you know, uh, you'll get advanced insight you know, into an individual or a partnership and you'll be able to hear from God regarding what to say yes to or, you know, ultimately what to say no to, you know. Ask God to order your footsteps and set up divine connections with people that have a heart and a commitment like yours to be able to see what, you know, to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven, you know. Um, you know, it, it's important. And then the devil, he, he does his level best. You got you to, you know, you, you got to tip your hat to that guy because he, he does his best in discouragement. And so he'll, you know, whatever it'll take to take the fuel out of your tank or take the wind out of your sails to keep you from doing something that, that he knows will ultimately uh, work against his kingdom. And that, of course, for every servant of God, that's our goal is to defeat Satan's kingdom, to drive it down, to destroy it, ultimately totally dismantle it. Um, He'll attack with discouragement. He'll he'll attack with all types of disappointment, and all that'll do is is be able to uh, uh, keep people and definitely keep pastors from functioning at at the calling that God has called them to. So that so that the Lord doesn't win, the enemy does. So, pastor, if you're hearing right now, and um, and 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 you know some of the partnerships that you that you um, that you've endeavored to to work with and to work in have broken your heart and disappointed you. I would continue to tell you, listen, don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up. 
There's always that God can order your steps. He can He can direct you to the right person. He can direct you to the right people. He can direct you to the right resources. He will and he can do all of those things. As long as you don't uh, 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 take your disappointment or your discouragement about a, certain, a particular partnership that did not happen or failed for whatever reason, as long as you don't take that and just say it, it'll never work and um, you don't have a, a fatalistic attitude about it, guess what? God is the God of a second chance and not just with us as individuals, but he's also the God of a second chance when it comes to partnerships and opportunities and things that's going to uh, cause his will to happen on earth. And that's what we're all called to. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach. I'm speaking with Pastor James White from Eden Christian Center in Phoenix, Arizona. And we're talking about church partnerships. Pastor White, I've also heard that... Um, heard comments that pastors also don't want to partner with other churches because they were afraid that the churches might steal their flock or let's say compete with them. What would you say about that? Well, <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, that's a very real fear, especially um, for a pastor who, who wants to make a difference for the kingdom because, um, you know, just like for any corporation that, that plans on uh, achieving its goal, its objective, or, or fulfilling the, its mission statement and, and walking in its vision um, um, as it relates to the church, the body of Christ, you definitely have to have your spiritual resources, but you also need human resources. But I would tell the, uh, the man and the woman of God that, that is privileged enough to lead a flock, that uh, don't let the fear of people uh, bind you in the way so that um, so that you're unable to do anything at all. Uh, God has not given any of us a spirit of fear. He has not done that. So um, don't let don't let uh, what you think you could lose jeopardize what what you could ultimately gain. I'm gonna say that one more time. Don't let what you think you could lose jeopardize what you could ultimately gain. God is the God of increase, and he knows how to do it. He knows when to do it. He knows where to do it. He knows how to do it. He knows all of that. So don't let um, something that could potentially glorify God, again, and be good to his people, uh, don't let what could ultimately be gained by that um, uh, cause you to not do anything at all, to just, just, just sit in isolation and not function at all. Um, because you, because, because you're a fear of people. Don't let that ever be the case. Don't ever let that be the case. So, um, work with other pastors and, um, and, you know, and I, I'm a pray at the end of this, but I'm, I'm a pray that, that the, that, um, that pastors be freed from people so that you can be able to do the will of God without, without ropes and ties and yokes on you. Be free from people. Be free from the opinions and the thoughts of people and also be free from the thoughts and the, um, uh, from the fear of losing people. And listen, um, ultimately the people that you're privileged to pastor, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't just your winning smile or your charisma that drew them. God gave them, um, you know, ears to hear and a heart to, um, to perceive and to conceive the things that, that the Lord was speaking through you to them. And that's what drew them. The Lord brought them to you. And so the same way that the Lord brought the ones that you're privileged to pastor now, he's also able to, um, to bring others that are, um, that are be able to respond to what he's saying through you to them. It's not you that's bringing the people. It's the Lord that's doing it. 
be free of people. Be free. So what you're saying is the flock is really God's, not theirs. That's exactly what I'm saying, precisely. The flock is God's. You're just privileged to be a steward for that. That's all. You're just privileged to be a steward. So be a steward. It's, it's not, they're not yours. Um, they're not yours. So, so however the Lord, you know, whatever the Lord wants to do about it, he can do it. But don't ever be afraid of, um, um, don't ever be afraid of losing people to the point where you can't do something that's going to benefit the kingdom of God and put a smile on, on your Lord's face. In fact, um, the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 25 that the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso put his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Don't put your trust in the people. Because I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, just in, in, in the amount of time that I've been privileged to pastor, I've gone through many disappointments. But don't ever put your trust in the people. Put your trust in God. You put your trust in God. And remember Proverbs 29 and 25, the fear of, the, of the fear of man brings a snare. It'll be a trap to you. It'll trip you up, and it'll, it'll cause you to um, not sleep well at night. It'll, it'll, it'll have a whole lot of devastating, um, you know, um, hmm, uh, devastating thing hurts to you. So you don't want that. Be delivered from people. Be delivered from people. If Jesus were to return today, Pastor White, what do you think he would say about his body or the body of Christ? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> well, first of all, I believe that he'd rejoice in having all of us in his bosom. That's the, I believe he'd be happy about all of that because we're faithful. You know, we, you know, well, you know, his, his blood has redeemed us and everything he did on the cross to secure us and to make us his own. I, I think he'd be happy to have all of us in his bosom and we're to the place where we can see him as he is. That's the Lord. Oh, God. But I also think that he'd have some stern words <laughs> regarding our lack of unity and our desire to see and our desire to see our will be done on earth. So um, two things. I, I, I'm sure he'd be happy to have all of us in his bosom, but I think, he, you know, after, after all the hugging and, and, and the loving on us and all the rest of that, I think he'd have to say, you know what? Y'all could have done some things a little bit better down there. Why couldn't you guys get along better than this? So there, there were some things that I wanted to um, see happen through you guys, but you know what? I, I, I got a lot of resistance from you. So I, I think that, you know, um, if he was to actually return today, you know, I, I think he'd be happy to have us there in his bosom. But I also think he'd have something to say about the way we did things, you know, in our stewardship here on earth. You know, I hear also people talk about the need for a revival here in Phoenix, Arizona, or even just for a world revival. What do you think about what do you think about a revival? I think revival is necessary. It, it certainly is. Um, and one of the reasons why revival is necessary because it because revival reconnects. It reconnects the people of God back to God. It causes us to kind of take our mind and shift our focus from from the from the carnal everyday routine things that that, that trouble us, that'll discourage us, that disappoints us, and it'll shift our focus from those things back to Christ. 
back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, I think um, if revival, if a spirit of revival were, were to happen here in Arizona and certainly around the world to all the believers everywhere, if a spirit of revival just hit the entire body of Christ all at once, no matter where the people of God are dispersed around the globe, I, I, I know that things would shift. I think we would shift and change our communities. We would change our neighborhoods. We would change our states. We would change our countries. Things would take place and things would happen that um, of a biblical proportion. Like you see all the different miracles that took place in the Bible uh, when, when believers came together. You know, um, uh, jail cells just flew open because people were just praying and praising God. You know, um, you know, Paul had to say that um, after, after the, uh, the the prayers of the saints and, and the praising of the people within within the jail cell, um, and 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 the jailer was asleep after after the um, all that took place and the jail cell flew open. Paul had to say, "Cry out to the guard," because the guard was afraid that he was going to lose his life because of it. Uh, he had to say, "Hey, we're all still here." Can you imagine what would take place if um, if revival hit hard? Wow, we see all types of things just begin to shift on, on a level that we've only heard about it in the Bible. I would love to see revival take place. I would love to see revival take place. But until that happens, until that happens, it's important that every believer keeps within themselves a, a, a fire, the fire of revival burning within to the point where we catch each other on fire. To where, you know... Um, when, you know, if somebody were to, uh, to get around Marina, all of a sudden, you know, where they were discouraged, all of a sudden there, there's a word that's coming out of Marina that just, oh, it's a rhema word. And the rhema cre uh, creates or causes a revival to take place in that believer. And then just like, it, you know, uh, if you take a, take a match and light a candle and then you take the candle, you can light other candles with, with that one candle because it was, it was um, lit by one match. That's all it takes is just one match just one match and if all of us could commit to being that one match we could we could cause a spirit of revival to take place within the body of christ and all it takes is just one just one and then then whoever gets lit by the just one they take it and they go and light one and then that one after them goes and lights another one and just watch what happens it'll be a domino effect and we can watch the move of God in, in a way that'll just that'll just turn people's lives around, cause people to come out of dry places, um, put the devil under where he belongs back under our feet instead of instead of hitting us upside the head. It'll put everything the way that it should be, the way that God would desire for things to be. Yes, and that would be a true revival because I have also heard um, that. People say that some revivals temporarily change people's lives and the communities, but a true revival, it's more of what you had said, that it not only reconnects us to God, but it also changes our lives, changes our communities, and and um, just as a complete spiritual transformation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sure does. You, you you'll watch you'll watch um, households come back together. You'll watch uh, partnerships take place on on a scale that is just you know you know uh, just cataclysmic. 
Um, you can watch a whole lot of things begin to take place and function in the order that God has set for things to function in, in that order. But it, but it takes it takes a spirit of revival to do that. Oh God, a spirit of revival, a spirit so, of revival. So what does it mean, or what does it take to start a revival? Well, if we're talking that, about revival. We are, and, and I would say that, um, again, if we could all commit to being that one match, and then the first thing, um, to do the routine things routinely. I'll say that one more time, to do the routine things routinely. Um, you know, you got to have a consistent prayer life in your own life, and that's what's going to keep your fire burning. You got to have time where you connect with the Lord um, through his word. And then um, once you connect with God through his word, that means not just casually reading it like it's, like it's, like it's a newspaper or something like that. You're, you're reading the word of God so that you can be fed by the word of God. The word of God, um, the word itself is not what feeds the believer. It's the revelation that comes from the word that is our food. That's what we eat. We eat the revelation. That's what feeds the people of God, the revelation. So if you're reading the word, but you're not, but you're not uh, comprehending or getting the revelation um, from the word, then guess what? Uh, fires need to eat also. So if you're not feeding the fire within because you're lacking the revelation from God's word, then guess what? Your fire can just go down, down, down. So it's important that um, that you're that you're connected with um, uh, connect with God through prayer. And make sure if you, when you come across something in the word that you may not be able to understand right off the bat, ask the Lord to open your eyes and unlock your understanding so that you can get the revelation from the word because it'll keep your fire burning. And then, of course, you want to be around other believers that are on fire. You want to be around other believers. That's the reason why that's the purpose for the church because um, the church is not just made by man. It's made for man. God made the church, and the reason why he created the church is so that all of his people could come together to be able to not, not just worship him individually, but worship him collectively, because there's something that happens when we all worship together. We set each other on fire. And so it's important that when you're around other believers at church, and of course, uh, certainly in your own personal relationships, what that does, it, it, it causes the fire that you have within you to stay strong, and then for someone whose fire might be might be going down a little bit due to whatever reason, um, your fire can set them on fire and keep everybody strong. And then, of course, the spirit of revival will work through the fire. That's why that's what the Bible says in Acts chapter two, right? Oh, I like yeah. what you said. That can you repeat that again? Your fire can light. Yeah, your fire else. will light. That's right. Your fire will light another person's fire or, or to strengthen theirs if theirs is going down for whatever reason. Um, and the Holy Ghost is like a fire. At least that's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, you know, where, um, uh, the, the, you know, um, and suddenly there came a, a rushing mighty wind and the Spirit of God became like a cloven, and there appeared upon each of them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And so um, uh, when we all come together, then of course we 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 we're the spark that keeps each other's fire going. We encourage one another. We inspire one another. We impart into one another, and it keeps the fire strong. And guess what can take place when 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 all that comes together? Revival, revival, revival takes place. And then we can go out and we can we can tackle the enemy, throw him down, body slam him, kick his teeth out, 
cave his chest in. We can be we can be violent with the devil. Just throw him down because he means no good to any one of us. No good. His goal is to destroy. Our, our goal has got to be to destroy him. And we do that through the power of God. And when revival comes in, you'll, you'll get a burst of power that will cause you to be able to do what the Bible says in Luke 10, 19. Trample on scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing and course, can hurt us. Say it, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> and nothing yeah. can harm us. That's right. Nothing, no thing can hurt you. But um, um, it's important that we do the routine things routinely. Have a consistent prayer life. Be focused on making that what you do every day. A routine thing and you do it routinely. Routinely get into your Bible. There's all types of different uh, devotions that are out there that will help you. That that can target your how you read the Bible or what you read, and of course how it keeps your fire burning. There's all types of devotions that are out there. If you're a gadget guy like me, of course you can hop on your phone or on your iPad and U uh, version. They, they've got um, you can download that app if you're not if you're not familiar with it. Just look it up there in your in your Play Store, your or your Apple Store, um, version, And um, you can download that app, and um, it's got all types of devotions that are in there that'll help keep your fire burning. And you can do it routinely. And then, of course, it, you should make it your business, especially if you're a believer. It's hard enough to, um, to deal with who you are as it relates to Christ and trying to do those things that please him on your own. But guess what? It becomes a whole lot easier if you're associated with people that are living for Christ. You know, um, you know, uh, there's a saying, association brings along a simulation. We simulate the people that we associate with the most. You'll find yourself, the, the more you're around certain people, you begin to say things like them. Um, you'll be able to finish each other's sentences. And you'll, after a while, you can have certain mannerisms if you're around a certain person long enough. So one of the ways that you keep your fire burning, if you're standing around fired up believers, guess what? You'll begin to simulate who you're associated with. So the more you're doing those three things, consistent prayer, um, a, a, a routine, daily focusing to the word of God, and you, you're being fed by the revelation of God's word, and you spend time with other believers, other believers, the people of God, those three things will, will cause your fire to stay strong, and you can be that one match that lights a fire in other people and cause the spirit of revival to take place throughout the entire body of Christ. And all you have to do is just, is just commit to being that one. Yes, and keeping worship and praise yes. constant, oh, you know, just praising the Lord every day, every moment, and worshiping Him, listening to worship music, and and um, just lifting Him up, even when things go wrong. You know, you just lift him up. I mean, even when you don't even feel like it. I mean, there was times where I didn't feel like doing it. And I remember my husband telling me, well, we, that's when you got to do it. And yep. I hated to listen to that. I hated to hear that. And so, but it, it's true. And then I did it. And then I was like, he's right. He's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. And, and, and. And I pride myself on being a worshiper, not just a praiser, 
I praise her. You know, praise is just thanking God for what he's done. Lord, I thank you for the house. Lord, I thank you for the car. Lord, I thank you for the job. There are other people more qualified. But worship goes deeper than that. Yes. You know, worship says, Lord, if I don't have the house, if I don't get the job, if I don't have the car, you're still worthy. Mm -hmm. And so when you when you worship God, you're not worshiping God for what he's done. Anybody can do that. Exactly. You don't have to be saved to praise the Lord. But if you're a worshiper, you're honoring God for who he is. And when, when that is who you are, oh God, when that is who you are, you, you can watch God come and he, listen, a lot of people um, say, I, I can't sense God. I, I don't even know if he's around right now. But the Bible says in John 4, 23, that the father seeks out worshipers. So if you get yourself into a place of worship, even as you just mentioned right there, even or especially when things are going sideways, just just crazy, you don't even understand what's happening and why it's happening. All you know is that it it just doesn't feel good. If you can get yourself into a place of worship, even if you don't, uh, when you're not feeling God, it doesn't even seem like God is around. If you can get yourself into a place of worship, yes, you turn on that music loud, mm-hmm. and you just start you going to worship, and you start glorifying Him, you start uh, blessing His name, you start talking about how good He is. He's you're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first yes. and the last. You know oh, you are God, and beside yes. you there is none of you. You Lord get into Lord, that place, King of King. man, and you just watch. Listen. Before you started that, you did you couldn't sense God. But once you got into that, guess what? God sought you out and he found you. Now, guess what? There's there's no mistaking that he's right there. Exactly. So and then you're worship, in tears. Oh God. <laughs> worship, worship, worship. That's the thing right there. Worship. Amen. And then you end up wiping your tears because you first began and you didn't want to, and then you just got so deep into it and you're just wiping your tears and you're just full of his presence. Yeah. And I even encourage people to just, you know, during bad times, I mean, you worship every day, but yeah. especially during the bad times, increase that worship, increase the prayer, increase the word. Um, but it's, yeah, especially the worship, the music. Yes. You got to have it. Yes, indeed. You've got to have it. Yes, so, so, Pastor White, basically what you're saying for the need of a revival is that we need to keep our fire for God lit. Yes. Yes. Because it can grow dim if we don't do those routine things that you mentioned, as right. which is prayer, um, worship, praise, and reading the word. If we don't yes. do those things, our fire for God will grow dim. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And of course, being around other um, believers. Yes, and being around other believers. believers. Yeah, you've got to have that. um, That support, that spiritual support. Yes, you've got to have that. Because the Lord will speak through everybody. He'll speak to you through prayer. He'll speak to you through the word. He'll speak to you through worship. But guess what? You don't want to cut off the worship. Um, And then, of course, the the time with other believers, because he'll speak to you through them. He'll speak to you through them. Just like you just mentioned a little while ago, how your how your husband spoke to you and said, I know things don't look good right now, but just go ahead and worship. Think about it. What would have happened in that situation or in your life right now had he not spoken that? That was the Lord speaking to you through him. Right. And guess and what happened? Exactly. And now, 
Now, here you are on a radio broadcast um, around that's, that's, that's heard around the globe. And somebody's hearing that right now. They're being blessed. Wow. I had no idea that that, oh, exactly. But it's a routine thing, and it should be done routinely. Do the routine things routinely. Do the routine things routinely. Do the routine things routinely. Yeah. It's so true. And not not going, not following our flesh because it, I was fighting the worship. I was fighting even the prayer when I was having those bad days or those chaotic, when we were having those chaotic times or going through the storm that yeah. I was fighting it and not wanting to because I said, I don't feel like it. But we don't go by our feelings. We go by what the word of God says. And and so that is so true. That was probably one of the um, most important, let's say, lessons that I learned is that not to go by my feelings because I was so struggling with, I don't feel like it. Ah, I like the emphasis you put on that. And that's, that's perfect. That is perfect right there. And, um, you know, the Bible says that the... Um, that the heart is evil and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And guess where your feelings come from? The heart. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason why you, you can't really trust it at all times because, uh, you know, a, a lot of things can, can mislead you that comes from there. But if you, if you, uh, if you uh, find yourself in the word, you line up, you line yourself up with the word of God. And then guess what? Your feelings about a certain thing will begin to change and your feelings will come along with the word. And then you'll find yourself doing the will, regardless of the feel. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And then also what I've discovered too, is that once you start um, using, like going against what your feelings, how you're feeling, you become stronger and stronger um, yeah. and not following it. And now you're yeah. just obeying and knowing what is right to do. You're not allowing yes. your feelings to dominate you anymore. And, and that is so true. And, um, you know, it, it, you, we can't talk enough about how important it is to make sure that, you know, that you don't follow just your feelings, except for the feelings that you know are in, in alignment with God's word and his will for your life, except for those. But it's the other ones. That can, that can that can cause you to veer off path or to stray away or to cause some type of distance to happen between you and the Lord. Those are the feelings that it's really important to one, you know, um, like 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 what I tell my folks, you know, don't lie to yourself. Because a lot of times we make a lot of excuses for ourselves and, and we'll try to self-justify certain feelings or certain behaviors because it's just we think that we're right about a certain thing. But if, um, if you know that how you feel about a certain thing is not in alignment with the word of God, it's important to bring yourself back to the word and cause the feelings that you're having to get into, uh, to become subject to God's word. And then, of course, you'll watch, as you just mentioned, there, you'll find yourself getting closer to God. Your, uh, your relationship gets a whole lot stronger. And then um, uh, to even circle back to the question you asked a little while ago about, if the Lord was to come back today, what would his opinion be? I guarantee you that um, if, if all of us were doing that, then his opinion, he'd have a great opinion about all the things that we're doing individually and, of course, ultimately collectively. That is so true. 
So true. Pastor White, thank you so much for this great discussion about church partnerships. And we even got to talking about the, a revival. So I just want everybody to know, to remember that we all need to just keep the fire for God lit. Keep it lit. And Pastor White, what else would you want to tell our listeners about our today's discussion? Um, for those that are listening right now, I would like to just remind you, regardless of whatever situation you might be facing, whatever hurdles or challenges that you might be uh, dealing with right now, that listen, the Lord is soon to come. We are certainly in the last days. And it's important that you know that, um, that whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, it's only for a moment. Don't let it cause you so much stress, so much pain that you think that nothing's going to ever change, that your life is, is going to be what you're dealing with right now and that nothing's going to ever get better. Don't ever believe that. That's a line from the pit of hell. Our Lord is soon to return. Put your mind on that and know that um, that whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, it's only for a moment. Because when you when you compare what you might be dealing with right now to what God has in store for you, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, that I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God hath prepared, hath, it's past tense. He's already prepared it for you. He's already prepared it for us, hath prepared for them that love him. As soon as you can um, allow yourself the space to start smiling again and know that God has not left you, nor is he forsaking you, and you just know that he loves you more than you can even imagine, it's, 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 he loves you too, as you know, if you wonder, if you, if, for any of you that might be familiar with Toy Story and, um, and, and, that, and that little toy called Buzz Lightyear, to infinity and beyond, that's how much he loves you. He loves you recklessly. Just know that um, that whatever it is that you might be dealing with, that you, victory is yours. You are an overcomer. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are. You are. That is the that is the heritage of the saints, the people of the living God. That is that is where you are right now. Just know that. Amen. Just know that. Amen. Pastor White, would you uh, please pray for the unity in the body of Christ in all the world, not just in Arizona, and Amen. for whatever else the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for? Amen. It'd be my honor to do that. Father, we honor you right now. We praise you. We bless you. We magnify you, and we glorify you. You are the Lord God, and besides you, there is none other. Master, we celebrate you. We exalt you even now. Mm, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Father, we bless your name right now. We thank you to God for this time of coming together, for this, for this sharing, uh, this, this opportunity to be able to speak into the lives of these listeners, oh God, that, that are privileged even now to be able to take part and to be able to be a part and connected to this broadcast. We pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, that you will cause all of us to come together to come together in a united way, to be there for each other, to be helpers one to another, to cause us, dear God, to not walk in fear of each other, but to walk in love for each other. 
Because once we once we um, are actually walking in love for each other, God, walls come down, divisions come down, uh, uh, spaces get closed up, divisions are healed, hurts are cast out, and the enemy is defeated. Father, we pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus, dear God, that for whatever believer, pastor, or whatever the, their title is, whatever they, however they serve you in the kingdom, God. We ask right now in the name of the Lord Jesus, oh God, that you would just be the balm in Gilead. Heal every hurt, Lord, that will, that, will, uh, uh, that will serve to cause division and to keep all of us, your, your people, dear God, the sheep of your pastor from coming together and being one with each other as, the, as we get closer to the, to the Lord's appearing. Oh God. We know that the devil is running as a roaring lion, and he's doing everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy. But, Lord, we know that we have the power to trample over him like uh, we, we have the power to trample over him, oh, God. And so, Father, we place the devil under our feet right now. And, devil, we bind you right now. We serve you notice right now, devil. You have no power. You have no dominion. You have no authority. We bind you now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, you're bound now. We put a gag in your mouth. We cancel out every assignment, every plot, every plan, every scheme. We cast down every lie that you're speaking, every, every, every uh, form of deception. We bind it and cast it out now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, as partnerships are coming together, Lord, we pray there, dear God, that, that, that for those that are, for your people that are in the hospital rooms right now, and, and, they're, and they're praying, oh God, for, for you to come and heal their body. Father, we declare healing now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We come alongside of each and every one, oh God. How can how, uh, one can put a thousand a flight, but two can put 10,000 a flight. And so, Lord, we come together now as the body of believers that are listening right now, God. We come together for those that have sickness in their body, dear God, and we declare healing now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, for those that are dealing with hung down heads and broken hearts and disappointment and discouragement and whatever else the enemy might be trying to do to attack the believer, the, the child of God, and, and try to cause their flame to be extinguished. Oh, God, we bind it now in the name of Jesus. And we declare that their head is being lifted up. Their frown is being turned into a smile. Oh, God. And, and the weights that they've been carrying that they've been carrying and walking around with their God, they've been cast aside now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We declare freedom and liberty to take place now in the name of Jesus. And that churches will come together. Individuals will come together and your kingdom will be enlarged on earth in such a way that, dear God, things begin to change on the planet, God, in a, in a mighty way that it gets broadcast all over the news. We see things taking place in school classrooms, dear God. We see people's lives begin, uh, get changed and we, we start hearing testimonies of miracles taking place. God, we thank you, dear God. That, Father, we can speak a thing and we can declare a thing. And we can watch it come to pass because we say it in faith, God. So, Father, now we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would just come with us now, oh, God. That you will bless each and every person as only you can because you know how to do it. We're not even going to declare how we want you to bless us, dear God, because we might, we might uh, sell ourselves short. <laughs> you know how to bless us in, in, a, in, a, in a magnitude of ways, dear God. So we're going to say bless us as only you can. We don't want to limit you in any kind of way. Bless us as only you can. And Father, because we know that you're faithful, your track record is perfect. 
We're going to tell you thank you in advance. Thank you in advance. Thank you in advance. Thank you in advance for the privilege to serve you. Thank you in advance for the privilege to love you. Thank you to God. Thank you in advance, oh God, for allowing us to be called your people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the inheritance that you have for us. We thank the Lord Jesus Christ for his, oh God, for his dying on the cross for us, that we might have a right to the tree of life. Thank you so very much. We bless your name, oh God. We honor you and we celebrate you. We love you so very much. We adore you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We have run out of time, but Faith City Outreach can be heard again on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. This radio program is sponsored by King Jesus Christ Ministries in Phoenix, Arizona. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. If you are looking for a Holy Spirited and bilingual church in the Phoenix, Arizona area, I invite you to King Jesus Christ Ministries at 3106 North 35th Avenue, Suite 3, Phoenix, Arizona. Zip code is 85017. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.